The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? And Jesus said to him in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. And the dead are raised. And the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out in the desert to see? A reed swaying in the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing. Those who wear fine clothing are in royal places. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. For this is about written about the one who is written. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. And yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's been a while since I've been privileged to come here and celebrate Mass with this wonderful congregation. And I see many new faces. I see many old faces that I know, too. But for those of you who don't know me, I'm Father Richard Turner. I'm a retired priest from the the diocese. Uh, I've served in uh, uh, several parishes here in the diocese. One here in in, um, Raleigh, Our Lady of Lourdes, when I was first ordained. But it's a great privilege to come back here again and uh, see this congregation. It always seems to get bigger every time I come here. A happy circumstance for us in the Catholic Church because in so many places we don't see that in the church's life. And it's even more wonderful to see so many young people, young faces. And that's very important for us old duds. Uh, When you get to be old, you worry about uh, what's coming after you. You give me great hope. Advent, as you know, is a season of expectation. It is a season of preparation when we are getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ, our Savior. And so uh, the object of Advent 
is to make some kind of preparation in terms of what we ex- are to expect in terms of the fruit of our celebration. And interestingly enough, I think those who picked out the lessons in the lectionary thought about that too during this Advent season. And they recognized that we're pretty far along in Advent. We're in the third Sunday. There are only four Sundays in Advent. So we're pretty far along in Advent. So they figured we better take another look at the roadmap about where we're going. And that's kind of the way they structured our lessons for today. And so the, the three lessons provide us each with three steps that have to be taken uh, in our Advent preparation uh, if we're going to arrive at that wonderful celebration of our Lord's birth and to embrace that with all of its meaning of both beauty, beauty, mystery, and the promise of salvation. And so... If you, if you look at the three lessons, looking at, at the first uh, of the three lessons, one of the things that uh, Advent presents us with is a vision. Expectation doesn't mean anything without a vision. You have to know what you're going to, what you're all about, and you have to embrace the meaning of it. And it has to form not only in your mind, but in your day-to-day life. Isaiah saw the disconnect between the lifestyle of the children of Israel who had now come into their promised land and who were living peaceful lives of ease and prosperity. And in living that kind of life, they'd gotten soft in their recognition of the role that God played in their claim for their posterity and their responsibility to God as a consequence. And so while living lives of ease, they stopped practicing their religion, a common thing that we see in our own society today. We, too, have become a very soft society, a soft world in which people have forgotten the essentials upon which our nation and our public order was built, the foundation being our commitment to the service of God uh, as Christians. And so the Jews were in that condition, and Isaiah comes to them to remind them of the vision that God had given to them, which they needed to embrace once once again if they were going to retain their integrity, and first of all, as a nation, and secondly, as a people of God, that God would continue to bless. And so he tells them, you've lost the splendor of your God. You've forgotten where you came from. You've forgotten the vindication that God has given you. You've got, you forgot the salvation that God has given you in the new land. Uh, you have become blind to seeing the blessings that God has poured out upon you. Your ears have become deaf. Your lame no longer are able to walk with the gra- by the grace of God and healing. 
those uh, whose voices are now mute to the praise of God need to learn how once again to sing. And there's one important ingredient here that you certainly have forgotten. You've lost your joy. Those are the things that Isaiah says to the children of Israel to remind them that they had to prepare to meet their God. Just like we are called to prepare to meet our God, the birth of our God at Christmas time. And if we too have become a soft people in the observance of our commitment to serve God, how is it we're going to appreciate the presence of God mystically in our midst as we celebrate uh, His birthday? There's a second thing that we see in the second reading in the epistle. Expectation also needs patience and firmness. And these are the two things that uh, St. Paul talks about uh, in our second reading today. And he gives us a wonderful example of patience. The farmer, he says, has to wait for the fruit that he has worked so hard in planting. And so he has to be patient while that fruit is being developed in the soil and in his growth. But he's not idle while he waits. He has to be firm in his patience. And that firmness requires that he cultivate the soil and make sure that the weeds are eradicated and make sure that the plants are cared for by he waters them. And he sees to it that the insects don't uh, overtake his crop. And he does all of those things that are necessary for that to come to fruition. That's how he patiently waits for the harvest. He doesn't just sit down and take his ease. He works for the reward. You and I also have to be diligent and patient and firm in working for the rewards that come to us through greeting our Lord's birth and renewing His presence in our life through that remembrance. There is a third thing, and this is the subject of our gospel. It's important that we are authentic in what it is we are doing. We must have a focus upon the truth of what it is we are pursuing and preparing for. Expectation is always a matter of seeking the truth. Validation comes from seeking the truth. And interestingly enough, the seeking of authenticity, the seeking of truth, usually begins with doubt. With doubt. Doubt is the first signpost along the road to truth, to authenticity. Truth and authenticity go together. They're brothers and sisters. 
and they are prerequisites if we're going to realize the fruit of our expectation at Christmas time. And John tells us that we need to learn how to deal with doubt. And we see that in the gospel uh, when John the Baptist in prison calls his disciples and he says, go find Jesus and make sure he is the one that John had been preaching about. The doubt came over him. They go and they say to our Lord, John is worried about the success of his preaching mission preparation for you. What are we to say to him? What does our Lord say? Go back and look at what John has seen. Trust his faculties, he says. He knows what he's seen. He saw the healings. He saw the miracles. He heard the preaching. Tell John what he has seen and heard. Reassure him of the reliability and competence of his faculties. And you know, we, in Catholic, we as Catholic Christians need to be reminded that occasion, of that occasionally. We oftentimes feel very incompetent because we don't know all of the facts of our faith. We don't know all of the fine points of theology. It helps, of course, to be a student of theology. It helps especially to embrace the wonderful stories in sacred scripture that inform us so much about our relationship with God and God's plan and purpose in our lives. And if we fail to seize those means of our authority, then we have failed to make a proper preparation to celebrate the great feast of Christmas, which lies before us, the birth of our blessed Lord. What is it that causes people to lose a sense of expectation? It is the failure it is the failure, first of all, of vision. And so Advent challenges you and me to look at the vision which we hold in our hearts about where it is we are going and what we are preparing for. It reminds us also that we must be diligent and faithful in making that preparation. We can't sit back and relax and wait for it to happen. Because if we do that, we'll miss its true meaning. And finally, finally, we must heed the words of St. Paul and make sure that what it is we are looking for is the true thing that all mankind searches for, which is the presence of God himself in our lives. Last night, it took me 45 minutes to say that, and fortunately, someone said to me, there are a lot of things going on tomorrow, you can't preach that long. <laughs> Let us present our petitions to God the Father, 
who anticipates our every desire and need. With confidence, we turn to him. For the church, that by her faithful preaching of the gospel, she may strengthen the feeble, make firm the weak, and give courage to the frightened, we pray to the Lord. For all nations, that they may heed the message of Christ and embrace the way of the gospel, we pray to the Lord. For all Christian families, that they may bear witness to the hope that is born from the fruit of love, we pray to the Lord. Lord, That our homeland will be preserved from violence and terrorism, we pray to the Lord. Lord, Today's Mass is being offered for the people of our parish, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For those who are sick or infirmed, and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who feel abandoned, lost, and have no hope, that perhaps through some act of ours they may come to see the love of God, we pray to the Lord. For those petitions we hold dear in our hearts, but can't bring to our lips, we pray to the Lord. The repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join all the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant to them, O Lord. May their souls, the souls of all the faithful departed. Loving Father, you use St. John the Baptist to prepare for the public ministry of your Son, Jesus Christ. Granted by emulating him, we may preach your truth to all nations through Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs> 